Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. It is another episode of I Want Your Flex to be exact. It's actually episode 31 of this season so we are moving along wrapping up week 14 in the nfl get mike on twitter at swollen dome you got me on twitter at dan buyer on fox our executive producer is ryan bershinger you can tweet him at ryan bershinger bersh will be here in a little bit to talk about his streaming defenses and the success that he had in week 14 Speaking of defenses, Mike, Aaron Donald making a play at the start, making a play at the end, and in between the Rams playing some pretty good football to get a win over Arizona on Monday night. What a crazy, crazy game, right? Kyler, Kyler Murray, obviously, for fantasy owners, a dismal performance. Gave you, gave you some rushing yards to kind of offset uh, some of the bad, uh, you know, no touchdowns at all. Uh, James Conner uh, wasn't great in terms of yards per carry, but in the end, you find the end zone a couple of times, doesn't matter. 13 for 31, the two scores. Uh, a little bit of an injury issue at the end of the game after in the middle, midst yeah. of that Kyler Murray weird scramble thing, whatever the hell that was, you know, instead of spiking the ball and then setting your play up for – never mind. I, you know what? Kingsbury became naggy, and there was like a symbiosis kind of thing of, hey, we really don't know what we're doing in these kind of situations going on uh, fourth downs and field goals and everything else. But uh, if you played any of the the Rams stars, you got your points. Uh, Even if you played Sony Michelle as a speculative back end number two, you at least got a decent yardage total. Uh, not fully a bust. Um, Matthew Stafford got everybody excited, right? He had the bye week, and then he had the second bye week. Jaguars. Jaguars. Uh, And then (laughs) came against this Arizona uh, defense and got help, as you said, by Aaron Donald and what they were able to do defensively. I mean, they were just fantastic uh, over the course of the night, coming up with big plays and then, you know, taking full advantage. You know, I'll, I'll say this, because we mentioned it on the last podcast, which was, was or one of our most recent ones. When Kyler Murray came back against the Bears, the rushing output that he had was the most that he had all season long. It was surprising to me, Mike, just because we hadn't seen Kyler Murray run a lot, and now you're coming back from mm-hmm. uh, an ankle injury, and he's ending up running the football quite a bit. And now, as you said, second straight week where he's had a season best, 61 yards on the ground, ended up leading uh, leading them in rushing. The The part about the Rams, the, my takeaway from the Rams' 30-23 to win is that Odell Beckham Jr. now is startable. There is yeah. – there is reason for you to play Odell Beckham Jr. And now you got a Seattle team coming in uh, that uh, made Davis Mills look pretty good uh, on Sunday. Odell Beckham Jr. right now can be a nice wide receiver, too, for you after his six-catch, 77-yard performance in that score on Monday. feel like I need to do a like 30-minute deep dive on the Texans. 
uh, and Davis Mills. But maybe I'll save that. I for had another three show. hours of watching them, and that was enough to see my team Oops. struggle with them for a half. Was uh, I? By the way, uh, what 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 the listener may not know is Mike sent me a text on Sunday and was happy because one of his ninjas kind of came through, at least we thought at the time, and then yep. I just shot back a vulgar tweet to Mike because I did not like <laughs> You were not happy. No, I was, I was not. I was not. It appeared Brandon <laughs> Cooks had scored a touchdown, which made me as a Seahawks fan not happy at all. And, and Harmon tweets me like, you know, Cooks, yo, or something like that. And I'm like, F you. You know, I, I think I said F Cooks, actually. Um, you did. You did. It yeah. was not directly at <laughs> yeah, you. Me. Although it might, it might as well have been. There should have been a parenthetical <laughs> you next to it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, look, I don't think the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs, but there is no way in hell I could have them losing to the Texans in week 14. But, uh, but yeah. To the, but that's to part the of point. the fun uh, and chaos of what has been a weird 2021 season, right? Because <laughs> You know, it lost in all of the Bills stuff as they lost to the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Go back when they scored six points. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to them in, in, in a little bit. But to your point on Odell Beckham Jr., right, still finding his way into the offense, right? There's still some times where he's misaligned and they've got to re- reconfigure. They, they called a timeout with some confusion uh, in the Monday night game. But the target count is there. Uh, it took some some time for them to decide what what became of the Robert Woods situation. Tyler Higby mm-hmm. was not available for the game against the Cardinals, uh, nor was Daryl Henderson. So we had the Sony Michelle twenty carry performance. But for for Odell Beckham Jr., big plays and, and really starting to to get more comfortable. And and it, but it goes back to what we talked about weeks ago, Dan. The the offensive and defensive lines. For this squad, we'll we'll keep Aaron Donald and company uh, out of this part of the conversation because that's the a larger thing. And you and I uh, on the network, we can we can do that uh, across Fox Sports Radio as a X and X's and O's and, and and deep dives. But the offensive line played passively for several weeks ahead of the bye. And they did a great job against Arizona, giving Matt Stafford time to survey the field, allow for a little bit of separation, because you you saw he was able to throw into space. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that, you know, for the final month of the season, going to be curious to see uh, over the top throw to Van Jefferson, who, who intrigues me to no end, Dan. Just the target count is too low for me to expect greatness on a week to week basis, but Beckham's starting to settle into that five to eight range. It's enough opportunity to be viable uh, WR3 in virtually all leagues, the way Stafford's spinning it again. I did say watch out for the Rams runners. You mentioned Sony Michelle's night. Didn't get into the end zone, but without Daryl Henderson, did have the 20 carries for 79 yards. Not a huge win, but I thought that the Rams would run mm-hmm. the football. Chargers struck early and often, even without Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, Jalen Guyton had second quarter touchdown, so I cashed in on that. A.J. Dillon did get more of the workload out of the backfield for the Packers, but the problem was Aaron Jones got into the end zone, so Jones ended out up. Ended up outscoring A.J. Dillon, even though Dillon had 15 carries to Jones's five. Jones did have three catches. I told you to start D.K. Metcalf. That was a bad idea. I, I really should have said start any Seahawk, but D.K. had four catches for 43 yards. Had a touchdown wiped away because of a penalty, so that was disappointing. But I did tell you to bench Hollywood Brown of the Ravens, and it was a good thing if you did. Only five catches for 41 yards after Lamar Jackson went out with that ankle injury. 
Another crazy game as uh, Huntley comes in. We'll talk about him because uh, odds are you'll see him again uh, come week 15 here. Uh, look, I'll, I'll take the victory lap with uh, your the running mate there in Seattle, uh, Tyler Lockett, and pushing Russell Wilson to my top five. Didn't quite make it there, but since he'd been a, a fringe fantasy play for only you know the most ardent uh, and supportive uh, Russell Wilson fans... Uh, it was. It felt like we we needed to touch on it. Taysom Hill, while you you're not thrilled about him, and it's painful to watch at times, uh, still because of the rushing yards and some big plays, finds his way into the top five. He was on the hot plays, uh, still backing Mahomes. Proved right, top ten performance again. Not world beating, but uh, getting it done overall and so you know the other things where you're, you're getting stuff wrong I guess you know some of the usual suspects your your Matt Ryans and and Derek Carrs of the world I, I didn't realize they'd be quite that bad uh, when it came down to it Dan I mean some really uh, bomb efforts uh, Javante Williams a guy we just banged the drum on didn't expect to see Melvin Gordon play the role he did but even I did though. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, you did. You yeah. did. I, I was fearful that because of his injury that you, you might might not go back to the same level of participation, but he did. Yeah. They they both were were you started either one, you were very happy with what they provided you in week fourteen. Yeah, top seven or eight, depending on, on how you're looking at your scoring. Uh and, and then, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, I'll take one where I was wrong. Like finished Finished with a pretty solid day. Is is it a massive day? No, uh, but any signs of life uh, from the Giants and, and where you can find value on a guy that you, you probably drafted pretty high with expectations of what they'd done with that receiving core. Uh, that's that's a pretty good win as well. So uh, interesting. And then I had one of those, you know, uh, off our three points. I, I had you know the island of Foster Moreau, and he dropped the touchdown pass. I'm like, sure. what are you doing? Come on, man. I, I made the joke. It was funny, right? I drifted into your pundum, you know, for, for a second. And, and I'm like, all right, that works. And then, then he dropped it. And then they went out and it got absolutely plastered. Oh, man. It was, yeah, it was not pretty at all. If, uh, heck, you know, if you're a Travis Kelsey owner, it wasn't pretty. And the, you know, no. the Chiefs still ended up uh, winning that game with, Absolute ease. 48 to 9 was Scorigami, by the way, in week 14. We had never had a, a game with that score, and uh, it came to fruition. All right. Oh. So Mike did his part. I did my part. That leaves Ryan Bershinger with an update on the streaming defenses. I like it when Ryan's streaming defenses fail miserably. I have a feeling I'm not going to like this week's streaming options. How did week 14 treat you, Ryan? Oh, it actually treated me pretty well. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. That's <laughs> not really that exciting. All right, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thank you. Uh, last episode, I did talk about the importance of NFC East defenses coming into the fantasy playoffs, and I jumped on getting the Cowboys defense in one of my leagues because they were available. Obviously, the Cowboys. Can I can I pause? Can I pause that for a second? Right. Just like because of the big performance, shouldn't that have second touchdown have been reviewed longer than it was? Yeah, probably. I thought he was down. <laughs> like, I've watched that play probably yeah. 50 times, and I'm like, he was down before the ball pops out. Like, what are we doing? But anyway, you got the points. Keep I going. I did. Thank you. Um, yeah, the Cowboys came away with 24 points against Washington this past week for me. And just a reminder, they play Washington again 
in the fantasy yeah. postseason in week 16. And uh, the Eagles happen to play Washington this week and in week 17. So uh, it looks like there's a lot of great opportunity for teams playing Washington in the postseason. I also have the 49ers defense because I was setting up for their fantasy uh, or for their postseason schedule. And uh, they gave me eight points this past week against the Bengals, which is actually a, a, a nice surprise. I, I thought against the Bengals, not a terribly advantageous matchup, but they got some good points there. And then they've got Atlanta this week. But Atlanta, uh, I did play the Panthers defense against Atlanta this past week, and they only got me two there. So. This is before Ryan's day. Uh, Falcons and Niners used to be division rivals. Did you know that, Ryan Burst? Yeah. I did not, actually. <laughs> Gosh, we're old, Armin. Yeah. If you're listening no, this not- in your car, you are also old if you remember the old Falcons-Niners showdowns in the NFC West. Oh, yeah, yes. sometimes there's those moments, Dan, right, where, where division – I mean, the Cardinals being back in the Central mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything else. So, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's the way, way, way it is. But, yes, there was a day when the Niners and Falcons were in the same division. By the way, uh, they shared that division, Ryan, mm. uh, with the Rams and Saints. That's who, was, ah. uh, that's who made up the NFC West <laughs> way back when. Yes, covering the Western United States. <laughs> It, 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 New Orleans seemed west at one time, sure. and then uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's what the NFL looked like in in Mike in my heyday. All right, so Burch had the streaming defenses, and you're you're keeping with the Cowboys and Niners in that NFC East theme as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm staying strong there with the Cowboys against the Giants this week, and the Niners against the Falcons this week. And as I mentioned, the Eagles have Washington this week. The Dolphins are playing the Jets. And the uh, the Cardinals play in the Lions, and the Texans and Dolphins, pl- or excuse me, Texans and Jaguars play each other. So uh, you know you can make a choice there. And I don't think there's entirely <laughs> that will one. be shown to Duval <laughs> County and about uh, three suburbs in Houston. Like that's those are the <laughs> hey only guys, twelve markets. bucks to get in. <laughs> twelve bucks. Let's go. Twelve. Do, bucks. do they pay us twelve dollars to get in? Well, you question? know what? You probably find some uh, willing soul to hand you a beer. Uh, you can also get into. I, I think it was the Jets game was also twelve bucks get in. Uh, as I was looking at things on Monday night, <laughs> so you have that. But yeah, you know, you you go through that Ryan and and all of that. Uh, you know, planning. I I just go back to how miserable the scheduling department worked in the National Football League this year. That you yeah. have those kind of things. Yeah, here's two against this team. Oh, and here's two against an- another team in your division. Really? You're playing four down the stretch, four of your final five games uh, in division against two opponents? Like, that's asinine. I, I would... I wouldn't have as I know, and we kind of talked about this on the on the, the last pod a little bit. I and I've and I've thought about this. I wouldn't mind Mike if if they said all division games last seven weeks of the season. You know, like like you can't like you, your your six division games take place weeks eleven through eighteen, where it's a little bit more even than having certain teams having to play in you know week two or week one to start the season, and then others having to face off in, in week, you know, 15 and, and then week 17. Like, that, that to me, like, if if you're going to put some of them in there, I think you should put all of them in there. I think that's more fair to really determine then who's going to win your division. 
Yeah, see, I, I just have them uh, top-loaded, right? I know we love the made-for-TV stuff to get things started. First three weeks, last three weeks. Let's go. That's how you, that you want to do it? If, well, it, just, just yeah, that that way, you, you know, that's if fine. at the beginning of the season, I, I'm, I'm just trying to account for, like, say at this point you're a beat-up squad, right? It's, but you, yeah. had, you had some success early, and now you just hit a stretch like, okay, I'm going to lose the division because I've got four games down I, the stretch. I'd be fine. I'd be fine with that if you did it evenly to start the year where you're like, right. All right. You know, like just take the NFC North, like the Packers. All right. We play the Vikings, Lions and Bears each once in the first three weeks. And then we're playing the Vikings, Lions and Bears in the last three. And then you just move around like then that's at least fair because everybody right. else is kind of dealing with the same stuff. I, I'd have no problem with that. Yeah. yeah. I, I just because otherwise, like where, where we're having it now, it's like, yeah, you had a division game back in week two, like you said, and maybe one in the middle of the season. And then here's four of your final five games like Dallas. Right. As mm-hmm. we're talking about them, the, the fifth game is against Arizona. So, I mean, you've got some some juice there. But otherwise, like, all right, you who set this up? <laughs> like, like how, how did they come up with this? And I know it's hard to, to put those two, 272 glorious games together, uh, especially when you've got to serve so many people. You yeah, know, and you got to work around Rolling Stones concerts too, you know. Damn right. It's a hell of a show, Dan. <laughs> Actually, both of them. They were fantastic. <laughs> in the, uh, it, it isn't easy. I just, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you in that part. The only reason I said for the last seven weeks is because then everybody at least would be on the same playing, yeah. you know, field. But sure. like the Panther, the Panthers and Saints played in week two, and now they're not going to play in, you know, until like these final four weeks. Yet the Panthers now have two games against the Buccaneers in these final four weeks. So it's just a little. Yeah, it's it is just a little odd. If you could, you know, even it out that way, I'd be I'd be all good with it. All right, let's uh, let's take some of what happened in Week 14 and start looking ahead to Week 15 because of the storylines that happened. First of all, things that you need to know: no more buys. Buys are done with. Everybody's playing uh, every week, so we can say goodbye to the buys in 2021. Bye bye buys, as we say. Saturday games are now in effect. We've got two of them coming up in Week 15: mm-hmm. Raiders and Browns. Patriots and Colts. So start prepping for that. Make sure that you've got the right guys in the lineup for your Saturday games. There is a Thursday game, and it's a very big one that we'll get at the end. But not only do you have Thursday games, you also have Saturday games. And let's be honest, it's starting to be playoff time for certain leagues. You will still give you the advice, whether you're playing daily, whether you're in a guillotine situation, but it is now winning time when it comes to certain uh, season-long leagues, so we are cognizant of that. Mike, I think that there are three big storylines in the NFL, and you can take whichever one of these three and go with it. I think COVID is now an issue. Uh, 37 players, Adam Schefter said, tested positive for COVID on Monday. We saw what had happened to the Monday night game with Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higby, as you mentioned. I think COVID is going to play a big part because of positive tests that we have. Nothing you could do about it, but something you have to watch. But then it's the quarterback health. Not only is it Lamar Jackson's ankle, Josh Allen has a foot sprain. Two big injuries in the NFL as we look ahead to Week 15. Well, it gets me uh, the ability to talk about Mitchell Trubisky. 
uh, and the opportunity. But we'll get to uh, the waiver wire in a second. Uh, to your point uh, about COVID, yeah, I mean, roster management here, and, and depending on your league, and this is where it's always, you know, the simple but seemingly forgotten part of it of going back through your league's rules especially if you've got a commissioner that just decides they like to change things, maybe for their own benefit, but just to spice things up in between the seasons. If you're in these dynastic kind of things, it's like you, you may not have the ability to make transactions anymore. Right. I'm still miraculously alive in a guillotine league. I'm done. Like I can't, it's best ball for the final three sure. weeks. Week 18 will not be used. But the for the final three weeks, so it's like roster management. Do I trust this guy? Do I trust that guy? Do I drop? Cause so like this week, I had three running backs that were out, mm. but they're all viable players on good teams. See the aforementioned Cowboys looking at you, Tony Pollard. It's like you can't drop him because I can't go back and get him. Right. Yeah. So you're wishing and hoping on the short term injuries. So just checking your. Your site settings, you know, how can you you play with that? Maybe you've got IR positions available to you that you can play a little bit of games with with that to to stash a player or two uh, for the next week. Uh, But to to Bursch's points of looking at defenses and and trying to stream and getting ahead of the waiver wire frenzy uh, when these matchups pop up. And then going back to the good old adage of handcuffs. Although with COVID in the room, I, you know, when we start talking about contacts and whatever, does that rule out, you know, some of the other guys in your room, right? Alexander Madison uh, for the the Vikings. How far does that extend, mm-hmm. right? You know, if all of a sudden Dalvin Cook's unavailable. Yeah. Does, you know, you've got to, got to pivot really pretty damn fast. Um, they've got a Monday night game against Chicago, so you've got the extra day to try to get clearance, you know, based on, you know, whether they're vaccinated or not and the negative tests and all. But it's still, you know, a wrinkle to things that you may have hoped was gone, but certainly uh, rearing its head here this week. Ravens uh, with that Lamar Jackson foot injury have the Green Bay Packers. And the, there's, you know, Lamar, Lamar's had his problems uh, at times this year just in my mind, trying to do too much. And and now when you have a possible ankle injury, John Harbaugh said not a high ankle sprain. It is an ankle sprain. They are planning right now as if Lamar Jackson will go. But if he can't go, then you have Tyler Huntley, who did throw for 270 yards, and, and that score, Mark Andrews, ended up being quite a viable option for him. But it's just a... You're not playing a ton of Ravens anyway, uh, if, if if you are. But obviously, it would hurt with Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews' value uh, may it just stay the same, especially considering the tight end position in, in uh, fantasy football this season. But the Josh Allen foot uh, situation is just – it's an intriguing one to me, Mike, because it's a Buffalo team that has not been able to run the ball. They've – other a lot of teams have chosen not to run the ball against the Buccaneers, so them doing not doing it in Week 14, not much of a they, surprise. They didn't run it but at all, want, Dan. What's that? 
<laughs> they didn't run it at all for no, well, half. Hey, <laughs> other, other teams have, do, have taken that option. They just, they choose to not even try, to, to not even establish. In fact, the Buccaneers, I think, also did it last year against the Saints when they just let Tom Brady throw it every single time. So we've seen that. We've seen that happen. But with Buffalo, it's a different story because of their lack of running game. And now if, if Josh Allen is dealing with a foot sprain – how much do you want to put him uh, in a harm's way? And I know you're, t- you're going to be talking about pickups in a little bit, but I just I just wonder if if now is the time for Buffalo to maybe try to change it up because you're not going to want Josh Allen running around here, there, and everywhere with that foot injury. You've got the Panthers coming to town. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess if, if you're looking at a Carolina team, their strength is their defense more so than their offense. But maybe this would be the week you try to get something going if you're Buffalo. Yeah, it seems like you get three guys there. And I know Moss has been a, a healthy scratch in the past. Singletary isn't great, but he's shouldn't be a bystander, mm-hmm. right? You still need a part of your game plan. And we've seen Breida break off a couple of – um, runs after the catch in the past here the last couple of weeks since he got activated. So there's opportunity. When we look at Carolina, they're one of the worst in terms of turnover differential in the league, and they've, they've only generated 15 turno- turnovers on the year. So a pretty low total when you get after it. So, you know, you, you can be a little more aggressive against them, and, and they open as an 11-point favorite as we, mm. we see record the podcast juicy you know, pending more information yeah. what's that i said a juicy 11 yeah yeah it's kind of interesting right that that that's a very big spread and obviously the question uh, it would seem like me it, to me it would have been lower based on you know news of josh allen's but foot but i guess you keep it there until you have more definitive uh, action uh, and information, uh, as it were. But it, you you look at the, this squad and and just choosing not to run. Obviously, McDermott is mad. And I mean, as much as we make a, of the situations across the league and and angst in Chicago, you know, whatever the friction is, Aaron Rodgers when he was talking about, hey, someone's leaking information about my foot and all, and then he talked about it pretty openly, <laughs> and obviously everything going on in Jacksonville. The the Dable and McDermott dynamic to me is far more interesting. And remember, Carolina just fired their OC during their bye week, right? And yeah. you saw what that train wreck looked like, you know, for much of the day. Yes, Cam Newton had the early touchdown, so yes, four straight, great, and then he got benched. And they can call it a platoon all they want. If you if you start playing that game, we're going back to, you know, when when Texas had Major Applewhite and Chris Sims. That didn't work. Okay, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. So uh, I would suspect you see more PJ Walker here, but Buffalo's defense, no Tre'Davious White, so you got issues in the secondary. Uh, you you got to establish some balance here, and so Singletary would be the guy, but. You know, trying to jam him into a lineup, you know, just because you and I think it's uh, the wisdom uh, and the wise thing to do. Um, Coaches seem to zag a a lot more than what seems like common sense. (laughs) Here's here's what my advice would be as as we sit at this point in the season, because I'm going to tell you, I, I say pick up Devin Singletary if you're playing a daily fantasy event. If you could get him for cheap, for week 15, sure. 
that's a route that you're going to want to go. If you're in the playoffs, in, in, unless you're absolutely desperate, you know, you'd stay away. But the real issue, Mike, becomes if Josh Allen and if Lamar Jackson end up playing in their games, are do you have enough guts to play those guys in what could be some of the biggest games that you will play off, you know, play all year? Three round playoffs are beginning in week 15. And when you have Mm -hmm. Josh Allen and you have Lamar Jackson on your roster, like, can you afford to play those guys? And I just, in in Allen's situation, I, you you really are going to have to follow the practice report, I think, to really get a sense on how much he practices, how much he does, if he's if he's limited all week, if he gets a full practice in, in one of the days, those are all positive things. But in the Lamar situation, going up against Green Bay, it you got a bum wheel considering some of the the you know the the days that Lamar's had, and I benched him in a week where he had the greatest day I think you know in fantasy history because I was like I don't know right. if it's gonna work. The point is is we are now in winning time, and I would just be very, very nervous to sit there and play a quarterback that you don't know if he's going to be able to last through the game or if he's going to be hampered by those injuries. Yeah, I would say Lamar, I um, look, he may not practice. We talked to Jason Lockenfora, Jason Smith and I on the show on, on Monday night, and he brought up, you know, past – injuries where Lamar hadn't practiced all week and then ran out there and the potential, you know, is always chaos, especially in 2021, but against that green Bay defense, if he's hampered and obviously a lot of folks were really mad about the, the tackle that, that took him out of that game. Um, I can't play him. I can't, it's been mm. too inconsistent as you go. And, you know, and Huntley plays then, then yes, Andrews is is a play, and and Bateman having worked back all those weeks with the second unit before he was activated, you know he goes over a hundred yards. Sure, daily fantasy league, he could be that you know low end receiver, right? Because you usually as you build your receiving core, you got that one flyer uh, that you're hoping based on target counts is going to come through for you. But I can't expect greatness there for Buffalo and Josh Allen. I. The hard part is they're while they're not in desperation mode, they kind of are, right? The, mm-hmm. Like I said, fractures in the coaching staff a bit, and all of a sudden you're seven and six. You got Miami right on your heels, and they've got the Jets, right? Yeah. So you're doing a little bit of that in your calculations as well, trying to look at, all right, what's the final four weeks of our season? I can't call them quarters anymore because of the damn 17th game. <laughs> uh, we got the final four games of our year that that you've got to try to navigate. And you're, and you're really the guy you paid, the guy that is your you know franchise. Foot sprains can become something far greater uh, in, in short order. And when so much of his game now is, has been predicated on his ability to, to run – Right, because you know you talk about Kyler Murray and those rushing numbers piling up. That's been the same for Josh Allen recently. So, um, and as a beneficiary in the fantasy world, I, I know that all too well. Uh, thank you to keep me alive in the guillotine leagues. Uh, but it's the situation where you, you should probably. Uh, this is where we kind of dovetail into waiver wire. It's like I'd be picking up Trubisky. You may not like him. Go back and look at the numbers. Go back and look at some of the opportunities. 
and you got a matchup against Carolina. So if if you like the rest of that offense, i.e. Stephon Diggs isn't going to drop things again uh, like he did a couple of weeks ago, and, and, you know, Dawson Knox, same deal, that you're going to be able to have some some opportunities, then then maybe you go that route. But we're going to be looking at quarterbacks probably more on the waiver wire for those high-end guys than than we have at any point this year, and it's the absolute worst (laughs) that it's week one of the playoffs as these things occur. I told you to pick up Devin Singletary if you're playing in a daily fantasy league. Why not take a shot? Who are some of the waiver wire ads or even daily fantasy ads people should look at with the week coming up? Well, the first guy everybody's clamoring for is your guy, Penny. Mm-hmm. Rashad Penny and his two touchdowns, 137. Uh, look, you, you take take the uh, production opportunities. That's all you can hope for. And you, you look at a double-digit touch count. Um, going up against the Rams again, commit to the run. You know, you've been able to, to find some success there. Uh, you look at Amon Ra, St. Brown. If nothing else, don't you want a guy named Amon Ra on your squad? Uh, four more hey. targets, six straight. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I told you last week after the game-winning catch, yeah. he was a guy you got to get. And uh, if people didn't listen, sh- listen, shame on you. Yeah, he's still available in a ton of leagues. Why? Because nobody trusts the Lions. Uh, but he had another 12 targets. Yeah. And now they're going there. up against Arizona, you've got to think at least if it plays to script, they're going to be winging the ball around uh, trying to keep pace. So opportunity knocks. Uh, K.J. Osborne, again, a guy that we've talked about a couple of times over the course of the season, but with Thielen's ankle sprain, still likely that he sees a high target count. Is the efficiency going to necessarily be there? Well, that's where it's, you know, you're wishing and hoping a little bit. Back-to-back games with the touchdown, obviously the big – Big strike on Thursday night against the Steelers. Three catches on nine targets, but opportunity does not. Uh, Darrenis Johnson, who'd been returned to the waiver wire uh, with Kareem Hunt banged up. Uh, Opportunity, again, we're we're talking about building for depth, too. Will these guys be starters? Well, we got some game-time decisions, but in the interim, stock that bench uh, as you go. Uh, Craig Reynolds. Going back to Detroit for a second, uh, 99 total yards. Um, we're, we're still watching and monitoring uh, those above him, but to this point, it's a stash it uh, at the early waiver period, and if it ends up uh, being nothing more than a defensive play to break up handcuffs, uh, all the power to you. Uh, Miami, Tua, and Devontae Parker coming out of the bye week. Again, going up against the Jets. Pass defense better than their run defense, but some opportunities should still be available there. Uh, to that point, the Miami defense available in about 50% of leagues. Now, they only scored two fantasy points the first go-around, giving up 17 points, just two sacks uh, on the night. And then I'll circle back to the running back position. Uh, Austin Eckler banged up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in the win over the – uh, the, the win in, in week 14. Uh, so you look at, when we look at Justin Jackson, nine carries, 35 yards. It's the obligatory uh, Northwestern thing. Uh, curious to this game, though, is that Slater uh, went to the uh, COVID list. So we'll be keeping an eye on that with the short week. Yeah, it's the actually the perfect transition because it is Chiefs Chargers on Thursday night as we wrap this uh, this episode up. The Chargers state of, of, of affairs. The Austin Eckler status... Uh, Brandon Staley did say after the game he felt Eckler would be okay. 
But as you said, now you're losing your, you know, uh, likely Pro Bowl left tackle yeah. uh, Slater to the COVID list. The Chiefs come to town, not the usual Chiefs, uh, you know, as we usually would see. Um, but Keenan Allen should be back for the Chargers. Kansas City's running game gets going. I really like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in this game. I know Clyde and I have had a love-hate relationship throughout mm-hmm. the last uh, year and a half, but I like him in this situation. I don't think there's going to be as many points as maybe we thought we would see previously. Could be wrong, um, but the Chiefs' defense just keeps to be, keeps answering this bell, Mike, every time they, they are challenged, and I think that they're going to do it again Thursday night, especially if uh, Rashawn Slater's not there for the Chargers. Tell you what, I had a couple of uh, folks reach out going, hey, we're going to go to the game on Thursday. Want to go? I'm like, yeah, we're in sports radio, and it's like a playoff game. Because <laughs> that will be a playoff game, really, uh, yeah. on Thursday night. Over-under sitting at 51. That seems a little robust uh, for me, uh, as you alluded to there, yeah, Dan. Just what the Chiefs uh, With done. Allen back. Yeah. yeah, Guyton and Palmer, and but the offensive line, and again, I extolling the virtues of Rashawn Slater and and trying to bang the drum that that he and Micah Parsons those are the guys that win your uh, rookies of the year. How about that for uh, thinking outside the box? Uh, but and, and maybe Micah Parsons wins uh, Defensive Player of the Year, and and I'll vote for him for MVP too. Uh, but for Rashawn <laughs> Slater, just a, a fantastic year. Uh, thus far and you know Austin Eckler Justin Herbert obviously huge fans him not there I mean that's that that is a a big loss uh, against a division foe that is really starting to find its way and I guess it comes back to you know folks want to say schedule and point to this and point to the Raiders whatever it's like well no 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 no. You, you, you just two games ago i.e. two meetings this year, uh, going into that first meeting when the uh, Chiefs bludgeoned the Raiders in Nevada, you know, all the the week leading up to it was, well, you know, they've figured them out. And then they went and absolutely pummeled them. And then a couple weeks later it was, well, you know, maybe that's the outlier. They No, 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 they went and pummeled them again. Uh, and that defense has been suffocating and, and advantageous. Uh, fortunately for the Chargers, they, they generally take care of the football pretty well. So, you know, that that's a win. But, again, no Slater uh, changes things up a little bit. That said, Justin Herbert's still a back-end starter uh, for your daily purposes. You know, you're still looking at some of the usual suspects uh, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're, you're looking at maybe a Palmer or, or a Guyton if you're feeling a little frisky uh, there. For Kansas City, I like your CEH play. Uh, I, I would think about flexing out Daryl Williams as well from a touch count and, and big play threat. Uh, they, don't, they don't all have to look pretty. And then, you know, he can run it as well as, as receive it. For Mahomes, more a, a back-end QB1 because it's not been explosive games for him, uh, but still hard to push him off the radar, knowing that you've got Kelsey and Hill there. And maybe it's more wishing, wanting, and hoping that the numbers uh, find their their way back up. But uh, in week 15, we've, we've got to uh, make some bold proclamations. Week 15 also could have some revenge on the Char- uh, Chiefs' mind after the Chargers beat them in Kansas City. I think we're going to have a great game on Thursday night. I, it, you know, you said the 51. Yeah, it seems like a, 
just with the way, again, Kansas City's defense is playing, but if they get into a 48-45 game, would we all be surprised? Probably not as much as one would think. Well, we would all celebrate it, too. I mean, it's like yeah, a playoff game, right? And, and it's Thursday night football. And that being said, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, I wonder where most of the, you know, where, where the overs versus unders are in terms of records for the year. Because we've seen a lot of craziness this year. And obviously that Minnesota-Pittsburgh game made no sense whatsoever uh, the way that played out. But uh, this one, I mean, SoFi gets a playoff atmosphere. You alluded to the Rolling Stones earlier. Uh, that's about as much as they've had of it. Uh, so let's see what uh, Thursday brings. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. The executive producer of the show is Ryan Bershinger. We hope you, we got you set up as we enter week 15. We'll be back with another brand new episode Friday morning as well to get your lineup set. And if you're in the playoffs or if you're setting up for a playoff run, congratulations. We are glad that you have had success in this fantasy season. We hope that it continues. So for Mike Carmen and for Ryan Bershinger, I'm Dan Beyer. We will talk to you again soon on I Want Your Flex.